Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. You guys know what it is at this point. It is a Farabaugh Friday on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Nick Farabaugh. Nick, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Zach? Yeah, it's a Farabaugh Friday ahead of this matchup, man. Not much going on this week, you know. Too much other than football talk this week for me, personally. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even last week when I was on here, of course, all we basically talked about for half the show was Instagram posts. So I think this one's going to be pretty football centric, which I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about, I want to, you know, obviously check some boxes here with injury related stuff. Steelers rolling out two starters. Uh, obviously, we, I don't no, I don't know where you were at. Never expected to make a Fitzpatrick back for this one. I thought maybe, you know, we'll see what next week looks like before we get into the uh, the battles of Ohio in back-to-back weeks with the Browns and Bengals on the ledger following that. But Monty Adams also going to miss this one. He only played two snaps against the Titans on Thursday night. Uh, on the good side of the injury report, though, Landon Roberts, who Alan and I were talking about, like very much felt like he was up in the air. Very good to see uh, that he's going to be able to go in this one after returning to practice. He said he's going feel like he's going to be able to go and cam hayward also returning to practice so nick i guess the one to really talk about here is maybe montravius adams and how the defensive line could look without him again i mentioned just played two snaps on thursday night so that's probably a good baseline for what you think it could look like but somebody that didn't have a helmet is going to have a helmet in this one whether it's they go with bahoko or in my opinion a more likely armin watts getting a helmet again as we've seen uh throughout the year a little bit yeah, I think Watts will probably get that helmet because um, he has a similar pass rush versatility that Adams has. Um, 
it's a pretty big loss, actually, honestly. I, I think against this team specifically, just because of what the Packers like to do, how they are quick game oriented, how much their running backs matter to their offensive game plan. Like, I think it puts the Steelers on a, a little bit against the wall um, because you're not going to mm-hmm. get quick pass rush win reps against this team. Um, you're going to have to force pressure, but you're really going to have to defend the run. And Adams has been a really solid run defender for them. Now, I think Benton has done a nice job. Um, I, but, I, I mean, you're going to get more Larry Joby As a result, you're going to get more Cam Hayward. And Cam Hayward's not 100%. Said there's still swelling in his groin. So yeah. like, that's he'll play, but or, or you got 41 snaps out of him on Thursday. And Mike Tomlin even admitted that was more than they expected. And I think it showed in the, the kind of results that they got from Cam. Um, good run defender, of course, but I do think he wasn't just fully Cam Hayward yet. And so, you know, with no Adams, I think you're going to see a little bit more of Leal and Loudermilk and Watts, and you're going to see those guys do some different things. I think this is going to be a lot of Keanu Benton, though, man. Like, would not surprise me at all if the sub packages are yeah. Keanu and, and Larry. I'm not sure how much we're going to see um, Cam this week, just in terms of his full ability to play. Like, he's not going to play 50 snaps. He'll probably play 35 or something like that. Um, they're going to need him, though. I, it's a big, big matchup with these running backs. Like, this is how they win offensively. If you saw how they won last week, they worked everything through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Both those guys are playing really well. Jones is finally back from his hamstring injury, it seems like. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he got 24 touches last week. That was like a high since like week two. Um, so he is he's feeling better, and he's getting back, and, and you know how good he is. And A.J. Dillon's playing probably the best football of his career over the last month or so. So these guys are are a handle because are hard to handle because they play a lot of 21 personnel. And you need to stop the run. You need to stop on the pass game. So you need quick pass rush wins, but you also need to be stout up front. And so they, they need to, to have a good game on the defensive line. I think there's not a huge drop-off, if any, at all from Benton to – um, to Adams, I would just be worried about how much the other guys are going to step up. The three I mentioned, Liao, um, Loudermilk, and Watts, are going to have to have productive snaps in their 10, 15 reps. Liao, probably 25. Yeah, and I mentioned, you know, Landon Roberts looks like he's to be able to go in this one, which is very good because otherwise you're looking at Quan Alexander, Mark Robinson. Obviously, some practice squad elevations possible there. Maybe see Keanu Neal do some dime linebacker stuff or whatever it might be. But with Landon Roberts out there, of course, you still don't have Cole Holcomb, though, as will be the case for the rest of the season. What do you think like the linebacker room could look like, though? Do you still expect to see at least one of those guys elevated from the practice squad? Uh, what type of role do you think Mark Robinson could have on Sunday? All these things. I don't really think they're going to play much outside the two guys. Um, okay. Now, I do think they're going to elevate Michael Walker um, because I think he's the vet that they trust probably more than Tariq Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mark Robinson's going to give him 15 20, 15 20 snaps. I just don't expect a huge role from him. I just don't get from them that they like trust Mark Robinson, like this, like, you know, big player that is like trustworthy. I'm not sure that it's there yet. I don't think they have it in him yet. I think he's going to have to show them. But I think it's going to be a very Joey Porter Jr. ish, Keanu Benton ish. Broderick Jones type treatment, right? Where, all right, give him little bits here and there, and then let's see what he does in those snaps. Like, I, I think that's what it's going to be um, with Mark Robinson. So I don't expect him to play more than 30 snaps. I'll say that. I'll put a cap on that at 30 snaps, but he'll have a role. 
Um, probably in lieu of a Landon Roberts. I think Quan is going to play a lot in this game. I think Quan Alexander might have 100% snaps. In this yeah. Game. Uh, I think he's going to play a lot. I think what really would be um, – I don't expect the communication to be, like, massively different. Quan Alexander's done this many times before. Um, he's done it at other stops. He's a very good communicator. He's a very good leader. So I expect kind of their their chain of communication to still be pretty seamless because I just think Quan has done this before. I think that's the kind of gorgeous thing of having these three vets um, when you came in. So I think Mark Robinson's going to have some hiccups here or there. But let's see what they can do. I expect Quan Alexander to be the dime linebacker. Um, I think Walker's going to get in there a little bit too. I think we're going to see what he can do. I just think he's the best coverage linebacker they have outside of Quan. So I'm interested to see what he can do. And it seems like they're trying to get him up to speed and see what they have there. I'm not sure he's going to get a ton of playing time, but he might get, you know, five or 10 snaps too. So we'll, we'll kind of see. Quan's going to be the big guy here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am a little worried about, about Elena Roberts in this matchup just because I, I, I've been – worried about running backs in tight ends getting on him without Cole Holcomb because that's not Atlanta Roberts' strong suit, right? He's he's kind of the hammer of your nail. Um, he's a guy that is really good at what he does downhill, but don't get him in coverage. I think Mark Robinson's better at that job, so we'll see. But I, I expect them to go a lot of sub-package nickel looks in this game because they can, right? They don't play a lot of – like even if they do play heavy with the tight ends, like it is not some – no crazy, like, oh my goodness, we have to go in base to match this, and we have to do this and this. Um, Luke Musgrave is, is a solid tight end, but he, he's not a guy that's going to like blow your edge rushers off the waters here. Um, you know, but they don't, Mercedes Lewis isn't there anymore. Like, I think that's something to think about. So, I really do think that they're going to play a lot in nickel, and so they're going to use Keanu Neal and, and kind of similar situations there. Um, I would imagine that you can also see, you know, some other interesting things kind of coming down with maybe some blitzes from the secondary. Um, so I, I think they'll get creative here to try and stop those two running backs, which I just think is the story of the matchup from the offense, from the Packers offense versus the uh, Steelers defense side of things. I just think that is. So we'll see how these linebackers perform. I expect, I think I think Elan and Roberts is going to play near 50 snaps. I, I do. It's going to be a lot of snaps. Probably season high, but let let's see how much they use the sub packages um, to really match. I think next week's going to be the real interesting one when the Browns come and they play 12, 13 a lot. So you have to match in base, and Elan Roberts is going to have to cover it now. Yeah. Well, that's I was asking for that reason in terms of like, okay, behind Quan Alexander, who else are you asking to do really anything in coverage from that linebacker room? How much we could see like a Keanu Neal play in the box. Obviously that's going to be harder, you know, not having Minka Fitzpatrick still this week, but is that where you kind of use, whether it's, I mean, Elijah Riley didn't play any defensive snaps. Miles Killebrew didn't play any defensive snaps, but maybe like a Darius rush playing some safety, like where Patrick Peterson playing some safety. If Keanu Neal drops down, like I, I think that they could do a lot of different things now, whether they do or not, I'm not sure. But do you think that's on the table as well to see Keanu Neal playing more like a linebacker? It could be, but they've already been doing it. I don't think it's going to be a new thing. I think Elijah Riley is going to be the surprise iteration in this game. Okay. I think that's who's going to get some playing time. And why? Because he's a really good blitzing, run-stopping nickel. I think you can do a lot of different things with him in sub-packages. He can be the guy to match tight ends. He can be the guy to match running backs. And he can be a great blitzer off the edge. So I think he's a guy that you can see more. 
Um, not used necessarily as like a linebacker, but kind of also this kind of wild card slot run blitzer that they haven't really had. Pat Pete has been blitzing a little bit in recent weeks and run support. He's actually done a nice job of that. He'll probably do that. Keanu Neal probably will creep down a little bit in dime, and I'm sure in big nickel he'll play a little bit down too. Um, so yeah, I would expect that they did a lot of that against Tennessee where um, they would either bring in Killebrew and, and kind of keep him back or Darius Rush would come in and Neal would creep down a little bit and they would take Roberts off. So they, they have plans with this, kind of letting Keanu Neal do some of these things. Um, so it's it's not new for what they've been doing. But, yeah, he'll probably do it a little bit more. And I would expect him to be the main guy and cover it against, say, Luke Musgrave, um, which, to be quite honest with you, that's quite a mismatch in Green Bay's favor. But um, I, I really do think that Keanu Neal is probably going to have a more extended role um, down in the box, playing more there. Because, really, he's been playing a lot up in the too high area while Minka's been playing down near the box and in the slot. But I expect that to be um, a lot of Keanu Neal, and I expect Elijah Riley and Patrick Peterson to also play there. Right, okay. Um, all right, well, let's talk about you know the Packers side of this and maybe uh, some team matchups to expect. And, then of course, we'll get into predictions for the game as well. Because, I mean, from the Packers side of things, certainly are not coming into this game healthy in their own right. Jair Alexander going to miss this one. It looks like doubtful with a shoulder. So he's been dealing with his back for a while. Now it's a shoulder that's going to keep him out of this one. Quay Walker set to miss this one as well. And then a plethora of players are questionable to go as well. But obviously – you know, when you talk about missing Quay Walker and J.R. Alexander, I can almost relate it. I'm not saying at the same level of, you know, trying to compare the two in terms of the types of players. But for the Steelers, missing a guy in Cole Holcomb at the second level and then Minka on the back end, you know, the Packers are missing guys at the second and third levels of their defense as well. Um, not having Jair Alexander out there against these Steelers wide receivers. I mean, you're left with, you know, Carrington Valentine had a pretty good week, pretty good week last uh, week, which was like his first really true test. Um, but I mean, beyond that, I, 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 is there anybody in that secondary that you're like, man, you know, the Steelers don't have a matchup here that they like? Listen, Darnell Savage is also out on IR with a yes, yep. calf injury. So they're without probably their best safety. Um, free safety, Rudy Ford is questionable. So their mm-hmm. other safety is questionable. And as you know, Jair Alexander is out. And it looks like Quay Walker is out. So Keyshawn Nixon is still in the slot. But he has not been that good this year in the slot. Um, so you're Robert Rochelle. You're talking about Corey Ballantyne. I mean, talking about Corey Ballantyne, who was with the Giants, who had a terrible secondary a few years ago. Couldn't stick there. Mm-hmm. I like Robert Rochelle's potential, but I mean, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens have that matchup every time. Um, I mean, listen, man, the safety room outside of that, you know, four doesn't play. It's Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson. And I, I mean, I like Johnson as a nice rookie that has some upside, but like that is a, that is a secondary that Pittsburgh should probably be able to exploit. Now I do like Isaiah Duffy. Uh, he's played some nice ball for them with Quay Walker, a little banged up in their three linebacker sets as well. Um, so they're getting some nice play from him. Um, but the secondary, man, without Jair is like, it's tough. And they've, they've really fought hard. I, I think it's quite a testament to them what they have done in terms of stopping guys over the past few weeks. And some of that was without Jair, with Jair. But you look at what really happened in that Rams game. I mean, 
let's be real. You watch the tape, man. Some of it is like Brett Rippon is just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there were plays where Cup and Puka are open and Rippon's just like throwing ducks out there, man. Like, so some of it is because Brett Rippon is just awful. Um, there's a reason they signed Carson Wentz this week. That's all I'll say uh, to that. Um, but I think they they are a, a nice secondary that is young and at least is very very feisty and competitive. So if you're Pickens and Deontay, you have to be on your P's and Q's, right? You have to make sure that you are playing up to the level because these guys aren't like bad cornerbacks that are barely trying at all. Like these are feisty young corners trying to prove what they mm-hmm. are in this league, but. I don't think they're particularly good corners. I do like Carrington Valentine, but yeah, he gave George Pickens bulletin board material today. If you really care about that saying he's going to match his energy um, yeah. and Pickens didn't respond to that one. So if you give George Pickens bulletin board material and he doesn't respond, typically that usually means George Pickens is going to be on. Maybe he's waiting until after the game. Yeah. This time, maybe he'll, what did Car- I, I missed this? What did Carrington Valentine say? He said it's going to be a show for sure and that he's going to match his intensity and mm. like physicality level, which uh, if you say you're going to match George Pickens' physicality, I'm assuming he's going to stutter block him off the line about five times in this game, and we're going to have some clip of Carrington Valentine on his backside. But uh, all that like behind, like I just think the Steelers have a very nice matchup here in terms of – what they can do. Um, they're more athletic too. Like I think Calvin Austin maybe hasn't a chance to make a big play in this game. He should probably, mm. he should have made one against the Titans. I mean, that yeah. seam ball should have been there. Um, whether you kind of attribute that to uh, Calvin Austin stemming it a little too far inside or Kenny under throwing it or what, um, that should have been a big play. But Pickens and Johnson are, are big in this game. And I'll say this too. I, I do think, and I would like to see them get Jalen Warren on some different types of looks in this game. Like get him on a wheel route against McDuffie or get him on a wheel route against mm. Devondre Campbell. I like those two guys, but Jalen Warren's turning into a very dynamic piece for them. And he has been awesome in terms of his efficiency metrics. I mean, you talk about receiving backs in the NFL. Jalen Warren's been one of the best receiving backs in the NFL this season. Um, he is not getting a ton of opportunities but he's making every single bit of every touch. He leads the NFL in missed tackles per touch. He, uh, he, I believe he leads the NFL in yards per target at running back. It's like over two yards. The Packers allow about seven targets per game to these running backs. Um, now, they're pretty good at wrapping you up and getting you down, but Jalen Horn hasn't cared about it at all. So, listen, the Steelers don't really have a passing option three. They need someone to become a consistent passing option three, but Jalen Warren should be that this week. Connor Hayward might have a a nice little game here too. Um, They've been trying to get him involved, but I I think that this is going to have to be very predicated on getting Deontay Johnson, George Pickens involved. I'm sure they're going to try and take away George Pickens, or I think there's a bold game plan they could come out with, which is, Hey, let's cloud Deontay Johnson and let's let the rook cook. Like, I think it's possible where they maybe try and let Carrington Valentine go a little bit and just let him go one on one with Pickens and match length with size and then try and take away Deontay. I think that's 
an interesting one, but I, I just think because their D line is so good, we haven't talked about their D line yet. Um, when they have Rashawn yeah, Gary, Lucas Van Ness, um, they have Kenny Clark. I know Kenny Clark's questionable, but I expect Kenny Clark to play in this one. Um, they have Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, like Carl Brooks. I like, I like Colby Wooden. Like, it's a really solid group of guys up there. Mm-hmm. I think they can afford to rush four and drop seven. So, a lot of it's going to be on Kenny Pickett to read the defense, too. Yeah, I want to talk about that defensive front now because, you know, they've they were gashed a little bit earlier in the season, but last two weeks, they're the number five in terms of rushing EPA on defense. So they've kind of cleaned that up. They've been pretty good over the last two weeks in terms of limiting things on the ground. And you just mentioned, you know, the cast of guys that they have there, maybe not outside of like Gary and Clark, like household names yet, but just a bunch of really solid players that fill roles for that team. So, you know, when you look at that matchup, the Steelers offensive line coming off a pretty good performance against the Tennessee Titans, although they didn't hit the 200 yards Roger Jones would have liked. Uh, They still ran the ball very effectively in that game. And then going against the Packers defense, which I think you would say that's their strength right now is stopping the run. How do you see that matchup going? Yeah, it wasn't a strength for them early in the season. They got gashed on the ground, as you said, Mm -hmm. but recently have really cleaned it up well. Um, So credit to them. Um, But listen, the Steelers are coming off a pretty good game against a pretty solid Titans front too. Um, The Titans are like no joke against the run. That's kind of Mike Rabel's MO is – stopping the run they've been good at that for five seasons and the Steelers kind of went up against them and just absolutely torched them I mean they did that with ease man like that was pretty impressive what they did against Jeffrey Simmons Danico Autry Harold Landry and those guys up front now I think the Packers are a pretty complete group up front I like what they have uh, we talked about the front if you want to go from interior to out there's really not a weak link on that line TJ Slayton's a great two gapping nose you have Devontae White, who's this twitched-up uh, guy out of Georgia, real real talented, can do a little bit of everything. Kenny Clark needs no introduction, one of the best defensive tackles in the game. And then you have these two really nice edge rushers in Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and Lucas Van Ness kind of moves everywhere. Smith also moves everywhere, mm-hmm. but they have a nice array of front depth. And so the Steelers' offensive line is the X factor in this game. Can they hold up and continue their momentum? If they can protect Kenny Pickett and let him kind of sit back there and get some time and and able to open up enough holes, they don't need to have like a great game, but can they have a similar game to what they did against the Rams where, yeah, they only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. They ran the ball well then the second half. They never really got stopping them, and the Steelers were able to really take the air out of the ball. I think if the Mm -hmm. Steelers are able to do that and Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are able to cook, and get going. I think it's going to be really hard for them to stop Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I think this is one of those true games where you're going to have to use the run to set up the pass. I think that is true in this game. You're going to have to clear out some holes. I think it's going to be a very ugly game because, as again, mm. I, I told you what I think the Packers should do is they should drop seven. Like there is no reason for them to bring extra blitzers in this game. I think they can win with four up front. I mean, if you look at the Steelers and what they have on the offensive line, and you look at Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, you're going to say, I can win that those matchups. Most of the time, I feel like, at least. So I, I, I think the Steelers need a big game from their O-line because really, similar to what the Steelers are, right? The Steelers are very concentrated in their front four. I feel like yeah. so are the Packers. I think this week especially – Without Jair Alexander, there's going to be opportunities down the field for George Pickens. There's going to be opportunities. It's just going to be, do they have Kenny Pickett kind of there to get it to him? 
And do they have running lanes for Jalen Warren and Najee Harris? I think that they are executing at a much better level. I think Broderick Jones adds something they didn't have. I'm interested to see how they respond to some of the schematic changes that the Steelers put out on tape against Tennessee. And I'm interested to see mm-hmm. what, what Matt Canada does um, to kind of use that. So let's see what it, where it goes. I mean, this could be a Jaguars game where they run for 30 yards too. This could also be the game where yeah. they flip the script and run for 160. They need they need to run the football. Like that has to be a big part of their identity. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the shout for the Calvin Austin big play though. Um, you know, we really haven't seen it. We've seen him obviously draw a DPI against the Jaguars. Could have had one last week, but it's been a while since we've seen like I'm not saying exactly like that Raiders play, but just an explosive play from Calvin Austin. So I like that. Um, let's flip the script now talking about the Packers offense compared to the Steelers defense um, looks like it could be another game. I mean, when you're talking about the duo of Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, you like their chances against anybody, right? But like, especially this week with the state of the Packers offensive line, things look to be setting up nicely for them to have another big one. Yeah. The only issue is, as I said, quick passes and aggressive sets from the Packers O-line. They don't let you get quick pressure. But sometimes they're so bad you get it anyways. So mm-hmm. it's tough because Joe Run- uh, Runyon is is questionable in this game. Um, you also have Josh Nijman who is questionable, and then I believe Josh Myers is also questionable. So that's three. Um, that's three players on the offensive line for them. Yeah, that yep. is questionable. Um, obviously, David Bakhtiari is out for the season, so you, they're already without their first string left tackle. Um, so. Penn State homecoming for Rashid Walker, maybe. We'll see. Um, he would play in place of Yash Nishman. Um, Elkton Jenkins, obviously, is a little banged up in the play. Sorry, John Runyon as well. John Ryan played actually quite a nice game, I thought, last week. And when Runyon went down, I thought he played a really nice game um, when that happened. So we'll see. I kind of liked what I saw from They're getting better line play over the past few weeks. Despite some banged up guys, I think they're starting to kind of mesh together a little bit. Um, they are playing at a better level. Um, when you look at their stats, they are a team that does not allow that quick pressure. As I said, um, mm-hmm. they really don't allow it a lot. So what what do the Steelers have to do instead? Make sure they get their hands up, bat some balls down, get into obvious passing situations. Don't let them get ahead of the sticks. Um, so you got to wrap them up. I think the secondary and linebackers tackling in the open field's a big part of this. You know, got to keep them at third and six instead of third and three because they get yak and all of this stuff. They'll get sacks. They'll get home because they are a much better defensive line than the Packers are an offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unlike the Rams where you can just kind of focus on Aaron Donald, you can't just focus on one guy on this line. So they'll get home for sure. And Jordan Love is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL against pressure. Um, that is something that sticks out to you like a sore thumb. If you get pressure on Jordan Love, generally this offense really struggles. And even though they put up 20 points last week, like it wasn't that of a, that impressive of an offensive performance from the Packers. Um, they really didn't do anything special in that game. So I, I look at what they kind of did. I mean, Jordan Love, 20 of 26, 228. Pretty impressive in terms of just being able to keep the efficiency going. But you want to talk about a Steelers-esque type of game in terms of what an offense looks like, even when they're considered successful. 
this is really what it was. Their total yardage was 391 because they did a nice job on the ground. But really, they never fully got the explosive play going quite yet. So that wasn't a thing. But what they did do much better was take care of the football. Before that game against the Rams, Jordan Love had turned the ball over in five straight games. I think that was a big mm. thing for them. If Jordan Love can can keep the ball just out of the Steelers' hands, I think they'll be much better off. But I can't help but look at the disparity between Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett in terms of what they do turnover-wise. Jordan Love turns the ball over a lot, and despite Kenny Pickett's warts, he does not turn the ball over a lot. In fact, I believe he is seventh in the league in terms of turnover ratio plays or something like that um, from PFF. So that is a good sign for the Steelers. It's probably why they've won five games is they just get Mm -hmm. so many turnovers defensively and don't turn the ball over, even though their offense is just completely broken, basically. Um, So, yeah, I think this line is going to be a big part of getting home. I don't think you're going to have like eight sacks in this game. Zach Tom against uh, TJ Watts, a little fun matchup. Zach Tom's probably one of the more underrated tackles to me in the NFL right now, but Alex Highsmith against whoever the left tackle is. Massive mismatch. I think you feel good about Keanu Benton, even if Myers plays. You feel good Cam Hayward should be able to get some movement. Like You feel good about these matchups, and you feel like a Landon Roberts should be able to get in, too. He's a great blitzing linebacker. Like We've seen him break through a few times on these blitzes. So I feel like you're, you're going to be able to see the Steelers get some pressure. It's just how quick can they get to it? Because if they can't get home quickly, what can happen is we could be looking at a similar game to what the Texans did, which is they got the ball out so quick where the Steelers just couldn't get home. So you got to make sure you tackle in the open field because I think there will be chances for the Steelers to get turnovers in this game. And I also think there's going to be chances for them to get home. But you just can't leave guys wide open, and you have to make sure you tackle. Big game for yeah. the secondary and linebackers in terms of tackling in space. Uh, to your point about Pickett, just one interception since week two, and he only has one fumble as well in the entire year. Uh, seventh best out of 33 eligible quarterbacks with a 2.4% turnover-worthy play rate. Um, but yeah, so I was looking at another matchup too. You mentioned Aaron Jones coming back. Obviously, A.J. Dillon's kind of what he is. Somebody actually had a really funny uh, post on X. It's like, if you need three yards, A.J. Dillon would get three yards. If you need seven yards, A.J. Dillon would get three yards. You know, he, <laughs> he is what he is as a plotter. <laughs> um, but you look at that backfield. Was obviously, that too, couldn't you? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you looked at that backfield with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, obviously, the idea coming into this season, you would think, would have been to take a ton of pressure off of Jordan Love by using those guys. Aaron Jones' health obviously hasn't necessarily leaned into that. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, you would think that this game against the Packers, the game plan for the defense has to be about stopping that running attack. Has to be, has to be, because that has been one of the things that they have been able to do with Aaron Jones back. Um, last week, again, was like the first week he was really able to go full go. Like he had played in, I think, two previous games, but had basically had like 14 touches combined. The hamstring wasn't 100%. Now it is, it seems like it's fully getting there and he's, he's back to being Aaron Jones. And so he had four receptions on top of 20 carries last week. And they need him to have a big game, but the Steelers have to stop these guys. You know, they they ran really well against the Rams. I think every team basically runs really well against the Rams, to be fair. Um, but they 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 did it at a very high level. 
Um, and mm-hmm. more importantly, what it allowed him to do was work some different things into the passing game. Like they didn't get a star performance from anybody, right? They didn't get a star performance from Christian Watson or Jaden Reed or Romeo Dubs. Luke Musgrave had a touchdown of 51 um, yards, but you saw how Luke Musgrave got his touchdown where they worked off the run game, worked off the screen game, kind of worked off the threat of those running backs and then came back to the middle and he caught a group touchdown. Um, they they have mm-hmm. a nice wide receiving core. I think it's a pretty underrated group. Doesn't have a star in it, um, but Christian Watson's an explosive player. Jaden Reed's a nice route runner out of the slot. Dubs is kind of a do-it-all solid player, and Dontavian Wicks is kind of the fourth guy in that who I always thought was a pretty good player when he was at Virginia, and he's proving to be a solid contributor for them. And then, and then Musgrave is a guy that can, can spread you out a little bit as well um, from – that tight end position. So it, it's a solid group of weapons. It's not an elite group of weapons. There's no one that's a star there. Um, there's no one in there that's as good as Aaron Jones is in terms of actually impacting the football game. So 33 is number one in the enemies list. So I think if you get Jordan Love in an area where he doesn't have a running game that's getting nearly five yards of carry and that can take pressure off him and he can use play action, can use all these different things, I think if you get him in straight drop back areas, straight drop back situations, I think that's where you can force him into turnover worthy plays. And I think that's where the Steelers defense can really win in this one. That's when they are at their best, when they get guys behind the sticks and they're able to just pin their ears back and go for it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see kind of where it comes at, but uh, they got to make sure they tackle these guys. Cause listen, Watson can have big plays very easily with Yak because of his speed and ability to make guys missed. Wicks and um, Wicks, Dubs, and Reed are all shifty enough in the open field to make things happen. And obviously Aaron Jones in the passing game is a massive, massive weapon that they've used for years. So we'll see where it kind of comes. Um, but I, I think the Steelers' defense has like this cache of all-around weapons to worry about, but no, mm-hmm. there's no DeAndre Hopkins, say, of that group really – um, Joey's probably going to be matched up mostly against Watson. I would imagine JPJ will be, um, but Aaron Jones is, is number one. I'm just interested to see how they try and stop Aaron Jones in the passing game. I think that's going to be a big thing too on, you know, those third and fives where they can get him leaking out of the backfield on swing routes, screens, uh, Texas routes, different things they can do with him. Cause I think there is a scenario. And I, if I were, if I were LaFleur, I would be looking to get, Aaron Jones matched up on Keanu Neal and matched up on Quan Alexander yeah. and trying to make plays there in the middle of the field. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers match that. Um, like this is a game. I really think they're going to miss Minka. I, I think he would just be mm. such a big ball hawk for them in the middle of the field, but they have an opportunistic secondary, even without Minka, they have a very slow secondary, but it is, it's full of ball hawks. So, We'll see. I, I would definitely predict. I, I definitely I'm gonna predict that, that Jordan Love has a turnover in this game. Like okay. it really it's shaping up to me. Like, dude, the pass rush, the ball hawks in the secondary, like he's gonna make one dumb throw. It's probably gonna happen. Well, we've talked a lot about matchups. You just made one prediction. Nick, what's your prediction for how this game goes down? Yeah. Um, Alan, I was talking with Alan today. And he seems to think this one's going to be cruise control for them. Um, mm. I am almost superstitious in the fact that it feels like everything is lining up for the Steelers. Like, yeah, okay, I, their I, favorites I, yeah. coming to this one. Jair's out. 
Quay Walker's out. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. there's there's some things here that are almost too good to be true. And you look at the game, and the, the they are all coming off a game where they're probably feeling good about themselves, the Packers, right? Even though it was against a terrible Rams team without Matt Stafford and Brett Rippon just doing nothing. Uh, I mean, they have to be feeling better about themselves. They got a great performance out of their secondary. They, they're kind of very underrated defense to me, even with some of the injuries. I do like their defense. So if the Steelers get offensive production, I think that's a good sign for them. And listen, if Jordan Love can take care of the football, I think this is a lot harder of a game than people think. I, I don't like they have a nice cachet of weapons. The O line is banged up, but that O line is playing better in recent weeks. Like they are getting better mm-hmm. play from their offensive line, uh, especially last week. But again, I just I don't know how much of a marauder I can use that Rams team. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. Rams team is truly. Right. I mean, rem- you remember when the Steelers played him, and you were like, "Who is Michael Hoyt? Like." Who is this guy? Who is what is a Russ yeast? Like that is like what my reaction was when I saw the Rams, like complete hodgepodge. Like they are the hodgepodge of nothingness version of the NFL. Um, like that is what they are. So I just don't know how to much to evaluate the Packers. I like the Packers roster a lot more than the record says. I just Jordan Love has just been turning the football over so much. And against the Steelers defense, that is a no-no. Like High turnover worthy quarterbacks against the Steelers defense have consistently lost this year. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson is a highly volatile quarterback that turns the football over. Lost. Lamar's had a great year, but every now and then in a game, he makes one decision where you're like, What's going on, Lamar? He made that one decision, and despite all the drops, the Steelers won that game. Um, so that that's kind of how the Steelers win. And you know, it's like the same thing we talked about when, when they played Matthew Stafford, right? Awesome quarterback. He loses his mind for two reps a game. He just does. And that came back to kill the Rams. It did because the Steelers ended up taking advantage of a turnover and their offense controlled it the rest of the way. I think this defense without Jair Alexander is really going to have a hard time stopping Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Like that's, that's really what it comes down to to me. Like the Steelers mm-hmm. often should be able to get enough drives to me where George Pickens and Deontay Johnson can at least sustain them. And I think they're going to get enough production on Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. As long as Kenny Pickett takes care of the football, I think Jordan Love is going to make a mistake or two in this one. And I think the Steelers are probably going to win this one. I think it'll be another uh, close game, and and I don't think it's going to be a very ugly game. I'll say this, the over-under is like 38-and-a-half, folks. Take the under, take the under. Um, I'm going to go Steelers 17, Packers 13. That's my prediction. Very ugly football game. Um, it might be one of those ones because they have funny splits, right? Both teams suck in the first half. Jordan Love is like a third-quarter creature where he plays well in the third quarter. Then mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, loses his mind. While Kenny Pickett comes alive in the fourth quarter. I could easily see this where it's like uh, the Steelers get a turnover early, score like a two-yard touchdown, Go up 10 nothing. The Packers crawl back. Third quarter, they put up 13 unanswered. Jordan Love just does something stupid in the fourth quarter. And then Kenny Pickett drives him like 90 yards for a touchdown. I could see that happening where Kenny Kenny has a game-winning touchdown again. Again, but yep. I could see that happening. Um, but 17-13, to 13, I, I'm going to go here. I'm not going to predict like a convincing Steelers win until they actually do it. I'm just – I'm just not. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And I just, you know, I, I 
I'm buying into, I think, a little bit here the fact that I, I like the game that Canada called on Thursday, to be quite honest with you. I, I thought that it was his best game called game as the offensive coordinator of this team. And if you have a little bit better execution from Kenny Early, you get close to 30 points, I think. You know, if George gets that foot down, you're looking at 24. Kenny missed Connor Hayward on one where he threw the ball into the ground uh, to Allen Robinson, skipped it in the end zone. Like there were opportunities there to put up, you know, like I said, at least 24 points. Uh, the Packers defense has been solid. I, I just think that there's too many missing pieces for them right now. I think that we see a double digit, a two possession, not, sorry, not double digit, a two possession win for the Steelers. I'm going 26, 17 in this one. Oh yeah. See, I, I, I will never predict so, more than see, see, I have rules when I'm predicting these. They're never scoring more than 20 points. And they're not winning. By I, get, I, I get it. Like, like, listen, they've done it before. I understand they put up more than 20 points before. They did it in the Rams mm-hmm. game, but show me a convincing win. Yeah, yeah, they have the talent to do it. Show me it. I need to see mm-hmm. it. It's very similar to what it was last year when they started winning games. It was close for a while. Then the Panthers game happened, and they started winning a little bit more convincingly as time went on. They have talent to do it. The Steelers' offense is a talented enough offense to put up 26 points against this defense without Jair. I believe it. But I ain't gonna believe it until I see it. <laughs> That's what yeah. I have. 17, 17, 13 here for me. That will not only, folks, for you, that will cover the spread. The Steelers will cover that spread and the under will hit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, years, years goes more along with what these two teams have been. Also, what they're both, I think they're tied for second, these two teams with 15 and a half points given up since uh a week three or something like that, yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, your score goes much more along with where these two teams have been. Uh, so, but I just, again, maybe I'm buying into this too much. I think that the mini buy here after what I saw from the offensive game plan, not necessarily the execution of it by the quarterback up until late uh, is, is the reason that I'm kind of buying into it. All right. I'll give you two predictions in this game. Okay. Here's a prediction. The touchdown will not be by anyone you are thinking it is going to be by. The one touchdown that the Steelers score will be scored by none other than Darnell Washington. Oh, all right. I, I mean, that's I, I that may I thought you were going hot rod on this one, which I, I would have loved. I could have gone but... hot rod, but I, I am <laughs> not going hot rod. Um, no, I think Darnell Washington is going to find the end zone for the first time in his career. That is the boldest prediction I can ever make on offense. The man does not get mm-hmm. targeted. <laughs> and then yeah. on defense, I believe that you are going to see a pick. By none other than Darius Rush. That is, those Ooh. are my two predictions. Could have had, could have had one on Thursday. So yeah, we're gonna have a rookie game. I love it. I'm here for it. All right, uh, Nick, tell the people where they can find you, and we will get out of here. Yeah, you guys can find me on X at Faribault FB, and make sure to read more stuff at SteelersNow.com. Subscribe to the Steelers Now YouTube channel. There we go. Look, he's already telling you guys to subscribe. That, that's Nick stealing my thunder, but yeah. I will once again reiterate, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Leave us a comment down below. If you are listening somewhere that is not YouTube, leave us a five-star review over there as well. Like Nick said, go to the site, read the words. Him, Alan Saunders, Derek Bell, everybody over there doing great work. Until next time, everybody have a great weekend. We'll be here to talk about Steelers Packers on Monday, Alan and myself. But until then, thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers afternoon drive. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.